0: Welcome back to another edition of the Ways of Working podcast. I am your host, Adam Thackeray, and today is a little bit different. We're joined by two guests, actually. Jillian Fairley, who is the general manager for the Center for Business and Economic Development, as well as Tim Newton, who is from the Small Business Enterprise Center here in Collingwood. So Jillian is a general manager, again, of the Center for Business and Economic Development, a federally funded non-for-profit organization dedicated to the advancement and growth of businesses in the region. Jillian has assisted businesses in the community for over nine years, providing mentoring, resources, advice, and support during all phases of business startup development and growth. She has also participated in numerous economic development initiatives that have supported community and business growth. Jillian has extensive project management, economic development, and management consulting experience. She has worked with organizations throughout the United States, as well as in the United Kingdom, Germany, and Sweden. Jillian is consulted for the public and private sectors, including automotive, manufacturing, financial services, insurance, and real estate. Located in Collingwood, the Centre for Business specifically is a nonprofit community futures development corporation serving the area and municipalities of Southern Georgian Bay and Dufferin County. Tim Newton has been helping businesses to start up and expand across Southern Georgian Bay for over a decade. He is proud to have played a role in the evolution of Ontario's number one entrepreneurial community, as ranked by the Canadian Federal of Ind- Canadian Federation excuse me, of Independent Business. In the mid-2000s, Tim launched an award-winning Young Entrepreneurs Co-op in downtown Collingwood and is delighted to see many of the businesses who grew out of the program to continue to thrive today. He has taught business and entrepreneurship through the Ontario Self-Employment Benefits Program, Georgian College, and numerous high schools. Currently, Tim heads up the South Georgian Bay Small Business Enterprise Centre, In his role, he oversees a team that offers business consulting programs, workshops, conferences, and regional economic development support. Tim is passionate about small business. He thrives with and connecting with existing and budding entrepreneurs. He raves about the benefits of collaboration for the betterment of the community and entrepreneurial spirit. Tim holds an honors degree in business management from the University of Exeter in the UK, where he was raised. He is a Lieutenant with the Blue Mountains Fire Department and can drive a Zamboni. He's most at home when he's on the water, be it sailing, sup or canoe tripping. All right, we have two amazing individuals joining us today on the Ways of Working podcast. So without further ado, let's get started with Jillian Fairley and Tim Newton. So let's get started. So, welcome to the Ways of Working podcast. Uh, Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Jillian Fairley and Tim Newton. Uh, Welcome to the both of you.
1: Thank you for having us.
2: Yes, thank you indeed.
0: So, so this is indeed a, a great episode, one, having the two of you on, and two, this is our first uh, episode where we've actually had multiple guests on today. So this is both an exciting episode and an experiment. And, and I think it's very exciting having the two of you on as, you know, those who lead entrepreneurial organizations that we're, we're doing an experiment and, and, and test uh, with the podcast. So, you know, thank you uh, both to, for joining today. Uh, so Jillian Fairley joins us from the Center for Business, and Tim Newton joins us from the Small Business Enterprise Center, um, just to, you know, get things started so people have an appreciation of you know what it is you know where you've come from what your organization's a bit about uh, Jillian can you start to, to give us some insights into that so that you know everyone everyone's obviously not familiar necessarily with it we have you know listeners from all over maybe you can get us started by telling us a bit more about the Center for Business
1: Sure. Happy to do that. And also happy to be part of an experiment. Tim and I do a lot of sessions together. So it might be an experiment for you, but not an experiment for us.
0: Awesome.
1: Um, So, so yeah, so the Center for Business and Economic Development, we're part of the Community Futures Program. So we're what called the Community Futures Development Corporation. And uh, we are sponsored by the government of Canada, specifically through FedDev Ontario. So we're one of 61 community futures offices that operate across Ontario and part of an amazing network of 267 offices operating across Canada. So our organization, as I mentioned, a not-for-profit and we support 13 municipalities. So we have a fairly broad catchment area um, and those municipalities extend into Simcoe County and into Gray County and then across all of Dufferin County. So we were formed in 1985. So we've been around for 36 years or this will be our 36th year come September. Yeah, so it's been a great 36 years supporting entrepreneurs in our community, and that is our mandate is to support local businesses uh, and to help and diversify the local economy. And so we do that through a number of avenues, our primary avenues to actually offer financial support through loans to small businesses. And then we also offer free business counseling and coaching and advice. Uh, We offer targeted mentoring programs and coaching programs as well to entrepreneurs in the communities we serve. And then we support community economic development. So that's a lot of projects that help really the businesses and the communities to thrive.
0: And. and, and oh, sorry, just one interjection there. You you, uh, you come from a background of big enterprise and, and working, and, and you've transitioned since to, to helping entrepreneurs. Um, you know, what kind of led to your decision to, to transition to that, or what inspired you to, to, to make that jump from working with? You know some very large traditional monolithic organizations to, you know, getting involved with the community, helping out entrepreneurs, and and helping you know really you know grow the economy, if you will.
1: Well, I think in my sort of private sector career path, the roles that I've had have been fairly innovative and in entrepreneurial nature to begin with. You know, there were systems implementations and business process of improvement, mm-hmm. so a lot of problem solving, um, and then when. Um, Scott, I come from Toronto. Before moving up to Collingwood, I started two independent businesses. So, one was actually a charitable organization, and that was to support the local neighborhood that we were in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also started a partnership business. And that business is really focused on actually helping entrepreneurs. We help them build the business case, we help them with their PR. It was very, uh, you know, sort of foundational kind of help to help them get launched. Uh, and so when I moved up to Collingwood there was an opportunity to get engaged in the entrepreneurial community, I kind of snapped up that chance. It was a perfect fit for what I had been doing. Um, and it was really rewarding, has been so rewarding to help businesses make those transitions themselves, to, you know, be innovative in their approach, to help them solve problems and, and to help them be successful. And that's, that's been, you know, a passion of mine uh, since uh, really being involved in the entrepreneurial community over the past few years.
0: That's great, and, and sorry I interjected there. So you have some programs as well happening quickly. Uh, do you want to dig into some of those mentoring and the you know the accelerator that's happening?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's in terms of the CUME you know, economic development programs that we're running, there there are a few key ones. Um, the two mentoring programs I mentioned, one is a coaching program that is specific to tourism operators, and we offer that in partnership with Regional Tourism Organization 7, so RTO7. And that covers three counties, Bruce Gray and Simcoe Mm -hmm. counties, and that is a fantastic program that leverages the experience of volunteer coaches. Uh, And then we run a power-up program, uh, which is similar to to the T3 tourism program, except it's just for our catchment area, and it's for existing businesses that aren't in the tourism uh, industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, we also offer a, a succession program called BizLink. So for businesses that are looking to transition, either to looking to sell their business or, you know, buyers looking to buy a business, we have a, a matching service, kind of like a dating service where we match uh, buyers do, and sellers together. Do you get to
0: swipe life, le- left or right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we let them make that decision. But yes, you could. You could ultimately decide that. Um, and that's, so we offer that matching service in, in partnership with succession matching. It's a program, yeah. um, as well as full wraparound support. And then of course, as you mentioned, we're working on a really exciting accelerator project. So, uh, and that program really is to help businesses either advance their technology or adapt technology in their business to help them rapidly scale their business to reach new markets and of course, to attract investment. So those are our key programs that we have in place in terms of community economic development and business support.
0: Amazing. And, and Tim, so, so, you know, Jillian mentioned that the two of you do a tremendous amount of collaboration and, and I'm, you know, I'm the third wheel here today, but, uh, <laughs> but maybe you can dip into a, and go over a little bit, you know, about yourself, how you came into the organization and, and working with entrepreneurs and then a bit more about the small business entrepreneurial center, because you're doing a lot great, a lot of great work there as well.
2: Yeah. Thanks. And thanks for having me on today, Adam. It's fantastic. So, um, Interestingly, uh, you can probably tell from my accent, I'm not from these parts and uh, I hail from the UK um, where interestingly, I, uh, I managed an ice arena and I can drive a Zamboni. Um, we had Very a 3,000 cool. seat arena where we had a professional hockey team and we did, uh, we did uh, corporate events like studied tired ice carting and discos for youth, etc. We were open 365 days, 20 hours a day. Um, but that's where I sort of cut my teeth in the, in the world of business. And uh, I moved to Canada having um, married a Canadian, and uh, we knew we wanted to put down roots in the South Georgian Bay area. It's where my wife's family had spent time um, uh, in in the ski industry and uh, loving life up here back in the 80s and 90s. -hmm. So when we arrived in the uh, early 2000s, we knew that this was a place we wanted to call home. Um, and I was looking for, for things to do. so uh, actually I worked in construction to start with and then, and then moved quickly into running a youth entrepreneurs co-op um, in downtown core of Collingwood. Um, and from that I moved into running um, an Ontario self-employment benefit program. It was a, an employment insurance program that helped to retransition and reskill and retool um, workers that had been displaced. Um, or let go, and uh, were EI eligible, and uh, we would teach them a 52-week training program to help them become self-employed, or uh, I would stretch sometimes to the word entrepreneurial. Um, from from there, I jumped into uh, the, the running and operating of the South Georgian Bay Small Business Enterprise Center, um, which has been uh, a huge passion of mine for the last five years. Um, interestingly, my predecessor was Gillian. <laughs> and, uh, so the, the organization had been incredibly well structured, um, and, and, uh, and operated prior to, to my succession. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing since, uh, since 2015, 16, um, when I, when I joined the organization working with Gillian. uh, the SBEC is part of, um, a network of, uh, provincially funded organizations, um, There are 48 small business enterprise centers across the province of Ontario, all funded by the Ministry of Economic Development, Job Creation and Trade. And we'll see how long that uh, ministry name lasts. They seem to change the name every couple of years. Uh, But but there are 48 uh, aspects operating out of 52 locations. And for the most part, small business enterprise centers are a partnership between the province who is generally the main funder and a municipality. Um, in, in in our case, uh, I am housed by the municipality of the town of Collingwood, um, so I'm an, a, an employee of the town of Collingwood, and we work very much in harmony with um, the economic development department within, within the town there. And we offer four core pillars of service through the Small Business Enterprise Centre. Um, firstly, it's uh, free business consulting and advisory support for any and all business owners, but for the most part, we deal with those that are thinking about starting a business and those that are in the early stages of growing that business. Maybe they're taking on their first employee or they're looking at some way to expand their their business. um, But in the earlier stages, Uh, we also offer um, programs. Uh, We're currently offering three programs, the starter company plus program, the summer company program and the digital service squad program. We run through the course of the year, a series of events, workshops, webinars, and seminars. So uh, that's, you know, that's something that we do to help build capacity within within the business community. Um, and we have our ears open to that business community to find out what it is they're looking for, the types of programming they're looking to receive, the types of learning or skill building, capacity building that they're, that they're seeking. And we, and we try to fit uh, fit those gaps. Um, and in, in large part, a lot of that programming is done in partnership with Gillian's organization, the Center for Business. Um, and uh, so we'll, we'll spread a broader net to find more people to deliver those programs to. Um, and we have a broader net that we can listen to to, to receive information on what we're trying to deliver. And then, and then we also offer um, support to economic development projects and or initiatives uh, around the region as well. So those are our sort of four core pillars of, of service delivery.
0: That's great. And I think education is is a big one. And you've both, you know, touched on it, like, as we move forward, it's going to be uh, very, you know, very important, both for for talent and, and, you know, just resilience overall. Um, You've mentioned both collaboration, uh, you know, between the two organizations. Um, Do you have some, you know, you know, key points you can articulate to us or, or let us know about how the two of you actually do collaborate together so that if I am a startup or I'm a scaling organization, I know, you know, w- what's the best way or, or how a program might interact together so that, you know, organizations can, can capitalize on, on the, the great services that the both of you have to offer.
1: Yeah, sure, absolutely. So I can I can help with that question. I think um, well, the first thing is sort of being under one umbrella, under the Business Development Center, and having that sort of one stop support network that's available to entrepreneurs in the community. So they can really choose to work with any one of our organizations. They can choose to you know contact the the, the SBAC or contact the Center for Business um, and start that initial conversation about the needs of their business, and they will get great support regardless of who they reach out to. Um, and then if there's a specific need, you know, financing, you know, then, you know, we will take that and help that business through that, that financing if they need a loan or, or need to expand. Um, or we will just often simply, you know, with the business's consent, discuss around what that business might need in terms of best support, right? And so we would often refer to Digital Main Street. It's been a great program that the SBA has been running mm-hmm. or to the Starter and Summer Company program. So, uh, we are very well aware of what each other, off, uh, each other offers to the community and are very open about, you know, giving that entrepreneur the best resources and advice, regardless of, of who they connect with first. And then the other strength I think we have is is just that we are collaborative in nature for the best, to provide the best support to that entrepreneur. So. You know, we don't have all the answers all the time either. Mm -hmm. And so what we have is uh, a great ecosystem to support entrepreneurs in the community. So we'll reach out to other partners that we have that we can say, you know, this business needs X. We don't have these resources. to you? Or if the business has a problem and we can't solve what we'll find or help them find it for them. So it's not just about us having all the answers. It's about that community of support. And you can only really build that community of support through collaboration, so it's extremely important to have the right partners in place. And we're, we feel very fortunate to be a part of that business development center and a part of the ecosystem that he, that's here. I think it's such an asset to the community.
0: Yeah, I, I like that, the, the openness and transparency and, the, you know, the, the desire to just, you know, naturally want to work together for the betterment of things. Um, you, you mentioned the word ecosystem, and that touches on, on a question I, I have around, you know, we're seeing, you know, the, the world's constantly evolving, change is kind of the only constant that we have. Um, what, what do you see happening in the ecosystem? And, you know, maybe, Tim, we can start with you. You know, looking 10 years out, you know, what, what does the ecosystem look like in this region uh, for business?
2: Gosh, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's, it's funny you ask that because the, the town of Collywood, among, among other municipalities that we represent, are actually working through their official plans right now for, for the next uh, 10 to 15 years. And, um, uh, you know, we, we, are, we are forecasting growth, uh, significant growth in terms of population. And with that comes um, greater consumer-driven demand and an opportunity for business Um, so I think, you know, the the ecosystem will continue to evolve. It will continue to, to grow, um, demand on our services has grown rapidly over the last five years that, that we don't anticipate slowing down at all. Um, and along with that comes what I think Gillian and I like more than almost anything else in our roles is really interesting conversations with really interesting people. And, um, you know, if 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 we take our finger off the pulse of what what we call the ecosystem, which are all the partners um, from the business service side and all and all the individuals that have chosen to make a home and make a life in and around the South Georgian Bay area, mm-hmm. if we take our finger off the pulse for a moment, then uh, you know we're not with the times and we're not a part of that really important conversation of of what the evolution of this community or these communities is is likely to. To take on and what 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 will shape that. And I think a piece of our role in this is um, being here, as Gillian had mentioned, um, with a collaborative mindset to help support the needs that are driven by the business community. We don't don't ever profess to be uh, the experts um, at uh, realizing business opportunity, but we are we are a piece of the ecosystem that nurtures and supports. And delivers on what we see uh, there are potential gaps for um, and what we see the businesses need to help the evolution of that ecosystem. So growth is, I think, probably the the, the fundamental component to all of that. That's what we see happening over the next 10 years.
0: That's amazing. And I, I like the part about you're not you're not here to provide necessarily all the answers. It's like a coaching piece too, right? You're, you're going to provide that guidance and, and, but it is up to others to help grow it and do it in a, you know, a supportive community-based effort. Um, Jillian, did you have anything else to add to, to that uh, in terms of what you, you know, you know, might see uh, happening over the next 10 years with the ecosystem?
1: Yeah, I think Tim had a, a great summary and synopsis of, of our role and, and where he sees things going. But well, one piece I want to add is, is that the desire to f- have that full wraparound support so that a business can, no matter what stage or phase they are, can receive support locally. And, you know, that's really the impetus for starting, uh, you know, the Accelerator, uh, which has also been done in partnership, right? It's it's something that's been done as an ecosystem supporter and builder, as Tim has mentioned, But our goal is is, is for business of any size, of any shape, startup growth, attracting investors, that they can get that support here so they can stay and grow their business here. So that's one more piece added to the ecosystem. But once again, the, the opportunity to develop that and then the opportunity to grow that is very much in collaboration with the existing ecosystem partners that are here.
0: And and you mentioned that it can be any organization. So and I know there's a, you know, a potential agnostic approach to to growth. um, But but are you seeing, you know, typically, it's been tourism and hospitality and food and, 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 you know, leisure and by leisure, it it kind of ties in with tourism being the, you know, with the ski hills and, and a lot of the other great experiences in the region. Are you seeing any new verticals that are are coming about? You know, as you're starting the accelerator, or as you're working with either of your client portfolios? And you know, Jillian, we'll start with you with this. Um, you know, what what are you seeing across the landscape for industries? Because the world's evolving, things are changing, um, and, and obviously that that would mean this region in a growth effort would be changing as well.
1: Yeah, certainly there there has been some changes. I mean, you know, we're ranked one of the top entrepreneurial communities in Canada, so. That comes with, you know, a focus on innovation and change and adaptability for the region, which I think is great. But, but yes, I mean, we are and our, you know, clients tend to be sector, uh, service sector based, whether that's tourism or or, or other. Um, but there's definitely a growth or focus on what I would say is as being innovative uh, and adaptive, and we are seeing an emerging tech cluster. Um, and, and the innovation is not just always around specifically technology. I mean something that's what we're looking to help grow as part of the accelerator, but it's also a business that has a new product or service that's innovative too. So mm-hmm. so it's a combination of it. So it's a fairly broad um, application of the word innovation and technology, but what we're visioning it, it as an enabler for business growth. Uh, and that's really the focus of the accelerator. And what we have seen in the past is that you know businesses that need that, we say commercialization, support may not be able to get that locally and we want to be able to fill that gap. So, um, but yes, but we are, we are seeing that and it's not specifically unique to tech businesses. It's just a, a drive to be innovative and adaptive, uh, you know, and certainly those businesses the even the tourism businesses that reach out to get coaching through T3 program are very much about that. You know, how do we respond to the business community? How are we resilient? You know, using a word you mentioned before and, and how do we adapt and change? So I, I just think it's a very entrepreneurial environment in this area um, and businesses are are driven to be successful and to change and adapt and, and to provide a great product or service.
0: And that's great. Um, Tim, did you have anything else to add? Are you seeing it, you know, maybe different? Obviously, you have a bit of a different portfolio, if you will, like dealing with, you know, up and comers and startups. Are you seeing people starting businesses in a different realm or does it correlate very much so with, you know, what Julian's saying?
2: It definitely correlates um, with what Julian is saying. But, um, you know, we, we've certainly seen um, industry verticals that have, I, I think, realized more, more growth opportunity. Um, If we look back demographically as to what caused this region to start growing originally, um, the the ski hills probably was one of the biggest economic drivers of the the redistribution of the population to the area. And that was led by what would now be the the higher end of the baby boomer. Um, That generation is aging and they want to age in place. And that's created a huge opportunity over the last decade or so since I've been Working with the entrepreneurial community mm-hmm. in um, in evolving health and wellness type businesses, um, you know those individuals moved here. They expected a lifestyle, and they all, they had money to spend on on that lifestyle. A lot of which was, of course, at no cost, being out in nature and and uh, and accessing um, accessing the water, etc., and and the, and the ski hills and trails. But it also comes with um, a desire to want to live healthily um, so all of the service sectors that come along with that we've seen a significant growth in and we've seen um, a lot of business support requirements for that and i think in the future and in the next 10 years um, and we've already seen a few of these types of businesses um, clean water technology is a really exciting um, uh, and innovative sector that there has been a couple of very interesting case studies one of which Julian worked with a few years back um, Um, at a young individual. And and, um, those types of projects um, will, I think, continue to grow in a hub that's identifying itself as being very receptive to new and innovative ways of dealing with um, um, business growth, business development.
0: And with that, you know, growth and development, like this leads into another aspect of, you know, scaling organizations. So even from the get-go when you're starting up to as you progress and start to, you know, get more sales, more employees, you know, more traction, uh, resiliency is a very important piece uh, of entrepreneurship. You know, most companies do not survive. And in Canada, it's even tougher than in some other nations. Um, What sort of uh, educational programs or perhaps coaching um, do either of you offer and maybe Jillian, we can start with you here um, and, and see, you know, to, to help you know, them on their way, like to, to continue to, to be resilient, to, to, to support them in, in that respect. Are there key areas around that? Because resiliency seems to be a, a you know, a, a top uh, skill or, or piece to keep in mind when, when you're trying to build a business.
1: Certainly. So I think, you know, the wraparound support is a key sort of foundational component of both of our organizations. Right. But, you know, and if I can comment on that, it's that we've done some studies on the, the community Futures program and that community features, the businesses that come through our program actually survive longer and grow faster than, than those that don't. That's great. And that's, yeah. And it is great. And I think it's attributed to that wraparound support. So, that is really the whole goal of the program is longevity. You know, when a business is successful, we are successful. So we're, we're driven to support that business through their journey. And so, you know, and there's there's programs that they can avail themselves of. You know, we partner with the aspect on a lot of the, the workshops uh, um, that they do. But it's really that business reaching out and wanting to um, work with us, either staff, because we have, you know, experienced staff who can help with coaching. We help a lot of businesses through this, particularly the finance coaching because that's what what we do we loan money so we have you know deep expertise in that um, but then we also have our two mentoring programs the power up and the T three program and then it's businesses that avail themselves of that support you know leveraging the experience of experts who have been in either that industry or have run a business or both that really help those businesses pivot and help them be resilient so. The services are there for entrepreneurs that want to avail themselves of the service and then, and then implement those actions recommended by either us as, as through the, our free advice program or through the coaches. Um, and that's where we really see some transformation. Like we've, you know, through the program, we've seen businesses say so they wouldn't have survived without the advice that they've gotten. That's the kind of feedback you get. So it's, it's fairly powerful what businesses can do once they avail themselves of advice. And I think the message there is, is you know, you don't have to do it on your own. Being an entrepreneur can be lonely mm-hmm. and avail yourselves of the expertise that's here. Um, and like I said, you know, as what Tim has mentioned, too, we don't have the answers. We'll find it for you, but you don't have to be on this road on your own uh, and that there are programs that can help you. And, and sometimes uh, just that small little bit of advice or just bouncing an idea off someone else (laughs) other than, you know, your dog or your business partner that's at home right now, um, can really help you on your entrepreneurial journey. So that's, so that's where we see the power of both programs really is, is, is that support along any stage and
0: phase. Yeah. And that's great. That, that fresh perspective can be just the, the turning of the tide in so many cases, right? Just having that new set of eyes or new set of, uh, you know, analysis or perspective can go, can go a long way from those who are helping out. Uh, Tim, any, any thoughts you wanted to add uh, to, to what Jillian has said?
2: Yeah, I, I, I would certainly echo everything Jillian just mentioned there. And I think she stole the words right out of my mouth on, on a few of those thoughts, but, <laughs> but it, it is, um, you know, no business is an Island um, is a, is a phrase that uh, we, we commonly like to use. You know, we, we collaborate to bring support to the business community. Um, but, but, um, back to one of Gillian's first comments, which is the, the the research that the community futures organizations have done that, that supports the notion that businesses that are willing to um, adopt uh, third-party support and assistance and help and advice and actually re- you know, reach out to try to receive it are significantly more likely to be successful. And we, we have mirroring statistics on that. Um, you know, if you look at, standard failure rates for businesses in, in Canada, it's alarmingly high, um, for businesses that have gone through our programs. It's a 73% success rate over five
0: years. That's and, a great statistic. Uh,
2: that is, that is a very powerful statistic. And mm-hmm. I think what it's, what it speaks to is the value of, um, three, three core, co- uh, approaches. Um, planning is, is number one, um, The the old adage is, you know, business that fails to plan is a business that's planning to fail. And as much as we we dislike business plans, and it sounds oxymoronic because I spend most of my time helping people write business plans, I'm a huge fan of planning. And and, um, the the result of good planning means you're going to have this document that will guide you um, to make probably more informed and better decisions moving your business forward. Mm -hmm. Um, It will empower you with more knowledge. So, Planning is huge. Um, Mentorship is is absolutely vital as well. You know, having a safe place to have a a solid conversation with somebody that's either walked the walk and can talk the talk now, um, or individuals that will um, uh, complement gaps that you have in that mentor relationship um, is extremely valuable as well. And so I think that's sort of component number two. And the third is training. And you know, a lot of our programs revolve around training and the success statistics really come from programs like the starter company plus program that we've been running now for the last seven years across Ontario and businesses that are looking to start or grow can apply for a grant for that program but they get the the value that we we, that we hear about at the end of that program is well I might have seen the dollars at the front end but really I understand the true value to be the training and the mentorship that I received as a result of being a, (laughs) a part of the program so um those three components of, uh, of planning mentorship and training, um, coupled with a mindset and an attitude and an approach that the business owner brings to that, that relationship, um, where each of those, you know, they have to be open-minded, they have to be coachable. Um, they have to be hungry for information and they have to be willing to, to learn and maybe, maybe take, um, take some, what they would perceive as, as risks that are higher than they're perhaps comfortable with, but to believe in the process, um, you know, when you couple uh, the good approach of an entrepreneur and everything that we can provide them with, um, success rates go through the roof, and uh, that's that's really where we add the value.
0: That, that's great, yeah. and and to have the the data to support it just speaks volumes, right? Because a lot of time, people are not measuring. There's not a way to quantify or qualify. So I I really like that there's data behind you know, the, the success of what both of you are doing. That, that's great to hear. Um, do, you, do you think the programs, or are, 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 are maybe you can say how they might evolve? So, you know, you offer some great programs now. You know, there's always continuous improvement and involvement of those. How do you see things evolving over the next, you know, 12 to 24 months in terms of some of the programs you might offer? If Are they going to be enhanced or added to, or, or are you seeing such success that they're going to continue as is? Uh, perhaps, you know, Tim, we can start with you and, and go over to Jillian after.
2: Mm, please and um, thank you. So yeah, uh, the next the next uh, twelve months will be a good twelve months for this, uh, the the small business enterprise center network. We are in the last of a three year agreement with the province of Ontario, and we've actually just in the last couple of weeks opened up the conversation about what what it's going to look like in 2022 through to 2026. Um, uh, and, and, of course, we hope that they renew our contracts uh, because of all the good work that we've been able to do with the funding they provide us in our communities. Um, but what, what we're really looking for in terms of um, indicators as to what's to come next in the next 24 months or so is uh, I think there's going to be a continued transition in the workforce. Um there are a lot of displaced workers currently and they will be looking either for positions of employment and if they don't exist then they may be looking to retool and and reskill and um, create positions of employment for themselves so i think we need to be ready for that Um, there has been an evolution in the requirement of any business to have um, an online presence um, whether they sell or not online um, is you know sort of in the balance at the moment, but most are shifting in that in that regard and yeah. utilizing new technologies to allow them to, to achieve that. Um, but there is no excuse whatsoever and hasn't really been for the last you know decade or so now to, to have at least an online presence. but it is alarming the number of businesses that we engage with who uh, would consider their online presence to be effective and impactful. But as you just mentioned in, in a previous comment, Adam, it's not being measured. Yeah. Um, they don't truly understand um, uh, the power and the value that comes with having a solid online presence um, because they don't understand how to measure it. And there are almost too many options. Um, well, and that's in. where our digital, digital main street and digital service squad programs are really hitting home with a lot of these uh, local, um, small, independent businesses Um, in providing them with uh, the knowledge and the skills and a full suite of tools to support and and wrap around um, in enhancing their digital footprints and helping them to understand what to use and how to use it and and how to leverage that to um, generate more business. But I I, I still think we're at the tip of the iceberg with a program like that. The, Mm -hmm. the, The province and the feds are talking at the moment about what digital main street is going to look like in the future um, so I think that that's a vital piece of the puzzle, uh, that, that will help us to continue providing really valuable supports to help. Um, and I don't want to say this in a negative way, but, you know, an, an, undereducated, um, business community, um, in, in that field, um, that if, if they don't have, if they don't have the skills, if they continue to have fear about adoption of new technology, yeah. um, if they continue to perceive that the time invested is potentially time wasted, in those technologies, then we're not really going to advance, and, and we need to continue stepping up our game in that world.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's a space ideal, and not necessarily always the front end, but it, it, is, it is a big problem where there is a, a fear of technology, and because there is just such a, a swath of options out there it can be overwhelming to say, well, I, I just need a website or I just need a store, get it going. So like examples, yes, the digital Main Street program has been great. And then you take it to that next level to say, well, OK, but as I'm scaling, I also need infrastructure and technology to support how do I operationalize a, a whole you know, gambit of other c- capabilities and solutions inside the organization. And that's a whole other tier. And so I think to your point about uh, it is an education piece and people need to have varying degrees of awareness and levels of understanding. Um, but it's great that there's programs such as that that they can go to. And, and if it's not offered through you, then you have it in your network to, to you know, reach out to individuals or partners to to be able to provide them with the, the right people to go to to get that information.
2: Uh. Yeah, absolutely right. It's a it's a really valuable and important piece of the puzzle. And we're looking to fill it. We're lobbying the powers that P to say, you know, here's the impact we've had thus far, here's the impact we want to continue to be able to have. And I think a part of it is retooling in-house for us as well to make sure that we're ready to deliver those types of programs and services to help the business community.
0: Great. The, the, the old adage of eating your own dog food, if you will, to be able to promote it <laughs> out there, right? <laughs> um, Jillian, did you have anything else to, to add to that? Obviously, there's the accelerator that's happening and there's going to be some evolution there, but maybe do you any final thoughts on that piece?
1: No, really, it's just being able to fill in the gaps, you know, for the businesses that are are adapting this upcoming year. That's also one of the reasons why we sort of launched it, the business succession program, program called BizLink. So we know that in the next year plus, and there already has been a number of businesses that will change hands. You know, the agriculture community has seen this for a while in terms of retirement um, that's certainly happening in the small business community. The numbers are staggering in terms of how, how much transition will actually happen over the next five to 10 years. So really that's laying the groundwork now so that the support is in place when those businesses decide to, to make those transitions. And like I said, we've we've done a few already and the demand is growing. So that's the you know the area that we're focusing on, in addition to the accelerator to make sure that the businesses have those kinds of supports. Because it's not a, it's not an easy. Process to buy or sell your business, and there's quite a bit of prep work that needs to go through and needs to happen on the front end, and of course after transition. Um, so that's a, a focus area of of our organization as well as is to make sure that that transition is successful. So and we keep the biggest goal on is keeping those businesses in our community, so we don't lose them. So right. we have that retention.
0: So, so the agriculture business is quite interesting because normally it's it's families you know handed down or, or passed along. You know, in a more traditional sense, obviously there's there's much larger uh, enterprise organized uh, agricultural companies. But can you go into a little more detail about that? I'm a little curious. Like, how are they? How are this? How is the transition taking place? Uh, are we are we looking at? You know, you mentioned keeping them in the community. Are we seeing that? You know, families are taking them over from other families. Um, adoption of technology. Are they starting to look at? Uh, you know, technology because there's some where you see everything from drones doing crops. You know picking crops and other things. Um, I'm just curious to to learn more about, you know, what's happening in that space and what you're seeing.
1: Well, certainly. So we have, we have um, a few agricultural clients. Uh, It's not a huge part of our client makeup. Mm -hmm. And the reason I mentioned them in terms of succession is they have seen the wave coming well before the other small business community have. So they've almost better prepared themselves for transition. And you're right. They tend to look at family transition first and then look at, Uh, external transition, but they're a great, like actually a great model for other small business owners to follow because family transition is all about planning. And Tim mentioned that too, you know, the, the planning process is important and that's why that community tends to be great examples for other small businesses. So, so overall though, what we do see in transition is yes, is the technology adoption is key and when a new business owner comes in, that is a usually something that they will do, uh, early on, and if a business has already undergone sort of a, an adoption of technology, it makes the transition more smooth mm-hmm. and it also improves the value of the business without a doubt. Um, you know, we've seen that in businesses, uh, particularly in publication and, and print. Um, that can be a huge factor in deciding on a transition, but it's just also, in, and you mentioned internal processes in your infrastructure mm-hmm. If that infrastructure is in place, and the value of the business is is improved and more attractive from a saleable perspective. So all of that is played into consideration in terms of the succession process. Um, but yes, what we do see very commonly after business transition is, you know, the owner wanting to put their mark on that business and uh, use tech to improve processes. Yep. But also, you know, for marketing, of course, that they are the new owner that still supporting their customers and that communication is key so it's kind of twofold
0: very interesting okay cool thank you uh so one, a question i always ask guests uh, um, that come on the podcast because i'm a curious lifelong learner and i you know one can never have enough books to read um is you know what are some books that you know are either on your shelf now that are you know favorites or just you know long time ones that you continue to go back to and you know everything's folded over and whatnot so tim we'll maybe start with you what are what are two books that uh you know are favorites of yours And, and they don't have to be business books um they can be there's lots of great fiction ones that apply to business but just any two books that are you would recommend to the audience
2: that's a great question. I, I, my initial reaction was, "Who reads anymore?" But you know, then you start to sit back and you start to think. Well, actually, you know, you know what? I do. I do have favorites, and I do preach. I do preach a couple, a couple of authors. Um, uh, one is um, Michael E Gerber, and he wrote a book called "The E Myth," and I encourage. I enc- in fact, I have a few copies in the office, and I often lend them out to entrepreneurs when they come in through the doors and they're trying to wrestle with. Um, what What actually being an entrepreneur is and and w- why is what I used to love doing um as a hobby and I try to convert it into a business no longer as enjoyable as it was because i'm now I'm now having to feed the business with things as opposed to me just doing something I really used to love doing and, and if if anybody picked that book up um and read the first forty pages, they probably wouldn't be able to put the book down because it really it really uh, talks about a very interesting story of a girl called Sarah who baked pies and all of her friends loved the pies so that she started selling a few of them. And then she got to the point where where she ran a business. Um, when in fact she wasn't running a business, the business was running her because mm. now she was getting up at four in the morning, baking the pies, selling the pies from nine till five. And then, and then doing all the ordering and the bookkeeping and, 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 you know, feeding the business of what, it, what she needed to. And she'd go to bed at like 10 and 10 or 11 at night and she was up at four in the morning again the next day and her lifestyle had changed. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that, that's a great book. So that's the E myth by Michael E Gerber. Um, and the, the other, the other books that I just lap up is anything written by Richard Branson. Um, he, he grew up obviously a couple of decades ahead of me, but he grew up just down the street from where I was, I was uh, raised in Oxford, England. And, um, I, I, I love his business philosophy um, anything, I mean, I, I geek out over him cause he's such a, <laughs> such a cool guy. And if you think about where he started and where he is now, um, there are some significant, um, uh, things that he's done that's had a huge impact globally. Um, mm-hmm. and he's just a simple guy that didn't make it through high school. Um, and so I really do, uh, I resonate with his, his, um, his lessons and his, his language um, and his teachings like he's a he's a phenomenal entrepreneur
0: those are great books uh, Jillian over to you. Uh, do you do you have a couple that you can uh, give to the audience
1: sure I'll give a couple but I must admit I agree with Tim who has <laughs> been time for reading lately but yeah there's definitely a few and I the second one I'm going to mention is one that's been on my list for an embarrassing long period of time and it's because of the, the time to read but I'll, the first one I want to mention is um, the coaching habit and I know that sounds like an odd recommendation, but it's a great book for leaders, right? And it's a great book about approaching, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you have um, staff, as well as an entrepreneur approaching your clients, because it teaches you to sort of ask questions first. We set, we get in the habit sometimes of jumping in with all the answers and wanting to have the answers first without questioning. And I really like the approach of this book around just approaching situations in your in your business and in the world with curiosity because once you open that your mind up to those is really where you you can connect better with your employees and connect better with your customers so i really like that book um and that's by michael Stanler. okay um, and then the other one that's been on my list, like it's an embarrassingly long period of time is, um, startup communities by Brad Feld. So that one has been recommended to me. Yep. Um, it's on my reading list. Uh, and it's about exactly what we're talking about here about building great entrepreneurial communities. Um, and really want to dive into that one. So that is on next on my list to read.
0: Yeah yeah he's excellent. I I've I haven't read the book yet but I've read, read a bunch of his uh insights and papers on his website and he's definitely a very interesting individual who did some very uh some great things with growing, you know, an entrepreneur entrepreneurial community in a very small, you know, unknown spot at the time anyway, so yeah, it's great. Um, all right. Uh, the one other question is, you know, where can people best find you? So, so Jillian, you know, for the Center for the Business and for yourself, where, where can people best uh, reach you if they want to, uh, to get in touch?
1: So the, the best place is really through our website, uh, centerforbusiness.ca. There's a book of consult request directly on our website. Um, or they can just email me directly with any questions that they have. And my contact information is also on the website. Otherwise, it's gfairly at centerforbusiness.ca. Um, and we're always here available to support business, no matter what question or, or um, problem they'd like to solve or, or help that they need.
0: Perfect. Uh, Tim?
2: Yeah, the best place for us too. Uh, unsurprisingly, perhaps, is our website. And uh, our website uh, is enterprisecenter.ca. Uh, we were lucky enough to have that URL snapped up nice and early in the evolution of uh, of the Small Business Enterprise Center network. So enterprisecenter.ca. Um, and my direct uh, email is tnewton at collingwood.ca. Um, and, you know, to echo Gillian, you know, we we are fierce advocates for the entrepreneurship community. We thrive when we're speaking to uh, business owners and helping them to solve um solve problems or realize dreams of entrepreneurial, uh, efforts and, and endeavors. So, uh, we're, we're here to help and, uh, we are servants for, for a cause that we think is far greater than, than ourselves.
0: That's amazing. Okay. Well, that concludes today's uh, episode. Uh, Thank you both uh, for joining today. It was great to have you on. Really appreciate it. Some amazing insights, uh, lots of great programs to offer for the area. Obviously, we look forward to having you on for our next series of of discussions with the group. Um, But for today, thank you so much again for joining and uh, enjoy the rest of your week.
1: Great. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure.
2: Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much for uh, for entertaining our, our thoughts.
0: Anytime. Absolutely. All right. That's a wrap, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you tuning in and listening to the Ways of Working podcast. If you'd like more on ways of working or have any questions, you can go to www.thack.ca forward slash links. So that's thack.ca forward slash links, where you can access all episodes, uh, previous episodes of the podcast. You can access interesting articles and insights around ways of working. And if you want to get in touch with myself, you can also, uh, you know, for discovery sessions or, or more information around ways of working, you know, I'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out to me there as well. All right. So thank you very much and hope you enjoy the rest of your day.